guys, Claire here. Uh, thank you for listening to the next episode of the Claire Cumbie podcast. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Um, at the very end, I do go over a few questions I received on Instagram, so feel free to send those my way and I can give my unqualified opinion. If you have any topics you'd like to hear me chat about, would love to hear those. Um, also, if you love this podcast, um, definitely share it on your Instagram story. That is like the biggest compliment I can receive is sharing it with someone else. Um, so that's the only way I'm, this is going to grow, whether you share it on your Facebook feed. Um, there's easy, like if you're listening on Spotify, just click the little dash to the top right and click share to Instagram story. I like and tag me and I will send you an amazing message because that would just make my day. Um, this episode, I am chatting about some of the insecurities and judgments and kind of mean-spirited judging cheddar pants that I can get towards other riders as well as the riders I possess and kind of crawling a little bit of that out in the nicest way I can, a lot of making fun of myself. Um, and at the end of the episode, I answer some of your questions. So enjoy. I just recorded half an episode and took a pause and I don't know where my episode, like part of, it wasn't even a great discussion. I just was like flipping through all these thoughts and it's now gone. I'm not going to complain to you, but this is just how my Monday is going. It's funny. I deserve it because what I am talking about is like, at least in today's episode, I feel like you guys are always half are already halfway through the episode with me, but you're just kicking in. So let me first start with my intro and what this t- today's episode is about. Um, so I am going by the seat of my pants right now because I did not even write down a, like usually I'll have an outline of what I want to chat about and I have nothing. So here we go. Um, so a lot of this is like a it's influenced by some statuses and I have I have a lot of friends on Facebook. I see a lot of you on Instagram and I know nine I I mean I love all my followers and all my Facebook friends. And it's the two and a half to five percent that post controversial things, or at least controversial to me things that I'm just like <sighs> And I like have this temperament that wants to be right and wants to tell people that I not want to, but feels entitled to tell them that they're wrong. And that's a little bit about what this episode is about as a, you know, opinions as a writer um, and kind of our perceptions of other people and in other, we consider maybe consider cliques or groups of types of writers and how we feel about each other and, I think some of the jealousies and um, downright like judgments of other writers. Um, but what's initially what I've seen, um, and I've seen this, and I have, I can't even say that I haven't at some point felt the same way, but initially the status, it literally pointed to wealthy writers 
buying nice horses and winning, not being fair to riders who couldn't do that. And let me be upfront with you right now. If I, let me tell you my dream. If I could be the rider that had the trust fund not work, buy amazing, beautiful, moving horses and not work and just ride all day, that is the dream. I would do that. That is what I want to be. I mean, I don't, I I mean, I'll I'll work, but bravo to them, you know, and as much like, and I can understand it is hard sometimes because there can be such an equality, inequalities within the sport because, you know, and there is the snowman story in the underdog and we always tend to want the underdog to kind of prevail but we cannot um start judging our like our peers and uh, it frustrates me and I I don't want to blame this person and I'll give an example because I've done it myself and I remember when I was a working student it was not even the same barn there was always this rider and there's this rider at every bar. Um, the, uh, the adult amateur rider that she might have one or two horses. She might also own one of the tr- part own one of the trainer's horses, and she'll come in in her nice riding clothes, and she's clean, and gets on her horse that she gives a lot of treats to, and then gives it a bath after every ride with like the best horse shampoo and she has all the nice tack and just felt like as a young rider oh my gosh the things we like the barn girls said about these riders behind their back was awful and they were sweet and but you always felt like they asked and like the naive horse questions and you I felt very elitist towards them towards them like even though they may have been the the ones with way, with more money and nicer horses, you felt a sense of like entitlement that you were like the like I was like the real rider. Like I was the one that wanted to go to the upper levels that like really worked hard at the barn, and she was like maybe the naive adult amateur rider, you know. And it was that thought, and now it's so funny because as I just said. That would be my dream. I would love to be that adult rider that can come to the barn when I want to. I'm not rushed. I don't have to rush to the barn. I can have nice riding clothes, love all my horses all day, and maybe come to the barn with my lip. Okay. At least once, those same riders. Stop, look at me now. You know when they come in and they've just had their lips done and they had the chemical peel and you, they were just easy to make fun of back then. But as I would love to be them now, you know, not that I want a lot of work on my face, but I wouldn't mind uh, a facial, a little Botox, to get rid of these forehead lines. You know, <laughs> it's funny now that I would want like if I could have just told myself ten years ago to become best friends with these women instead of judging them viciously, 
maybe I could have learned something. Um, or then that was my skincare routine that they were doing. Anyways, um, and it's not just not, it's not just like the younger writers judging the adult amateur writers, but I feel like there's this mindset between all of us, you know, to vicious towards each other. And when I'm learning too, that it's not like what I am learning and I'm bestowing knowledge on you guys. No, I don't take myself that seriously. But things that like are revolving around my noggin is that I think it's easy to go to a place when you're struggling and you're having these like back then and now, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to find this board. I want to be a better writer. I'm struggling a little bit with my weakness in my position and had a lesson with my coach and she pointed out all of these things that I need to work on. And I'm struggling with my own self. So it's easy to kind of lay some of your frustrations on these other people that seem to have it so easy, you know, and you're just like, well, and blame how and how do we do how do we blame or get irritated with other people because of our own um insecurities and definitely like i my blog like from 2015 when i started my blog i write about insecurity 75 percent of the time i am constantly dealing with a lot of uh self-confidence um you know, and I've dealt, you know, with my mental health and depression and anxiety, and that comes out in a lot of a, a lot of ways. And I've definitely like, gotten a lot of help in that area. But I mean, part of it is once I get past, you know, just like the health aspect of it, I think we all have to, even outside of the barn, figure out how to kind of deal with ourselves first and not relay our judgments and entitlements against these other other people you know and I see it like and I understand because I've been there so I'm reading this book and it's called Over the Top by Jonathan Van Ness and I'm about a quarter of the way through which and it's embarrassing because I've actually had this book a few weeks when I was younger in elementary school I read all the time like anytime I was in a car I was reading and which is crazy because I could never read in the car now. Um, I was like accelerated reader champion, like just read all the time. And then I think when I was in high school and I was actually forced to read books, that's when I started not hating it, but I just like didn't find joy. And I'm like, I don't even think I read a book in college. Like I can't remember the last book that I read. Actually, no, I can. Let's see. What is it? Okay. So this is 2019. I read this book on Grace Kelly when I moved to Annapolis after I graduated. So 20, the last, okay, guys, the last book I read was in 2015. That's like a millennial for you. Um, maybe I should be doing that. Okay, I read the Bible. But like outside, actual books that I bought um, since 2015. But it's so interesting to this book. And it's not that I can even relate with what, Jonathan Venice, a queer man in, can't remember where he's from growing up. But right now I'm just like still in his childhood. It's not like that I I can relate with what he went through because my insecurities, I mean, I dealt with a lot of bullying in elementary and high school, but 
that's about the extent and certainly not on the same way that that he did but it's so interesting to hear at the way this he's written this book and it's when like as you're reading it and he's telling you all these things like it's almost as just as he's uh so the book is like a biography of his life, but he tells you so much about the thoughts he had during each time. And some of the thoughts are selfish. And he talks about, you know, eat, you know, how he, a lot during a lot of his struggles, he would start eating. And obviously that's an unhealthy habit to do. Like consistently, like your reaction when you're upset is to eat is not healthy. But it's just, he just tells it. Like, that's just what he thought. And so it's so interesting to have, like, to just see what he thought without, like, him saying, like, trying to take up for what he did. And I think that's in so many, like, and so as I'm reading it, you just, you just love it. Um, and it was, like, even the little the mistakes that he made and the decisions that he made. And the amazing things that he was doing is I'm really enjoying it because it's just, I think it's just, it's fascinating. Okay. I was rambling about that silly book and then I needed another swig of sweet tea. So took a quick break. Now I'm back. Um, anyways, if you haven't read the book, I don't want to encourage because I'm not through with it yet. I don't think it's a PG, I think it's definitely a PG-13 type book. If that, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe ask your parents before you read it. But um, adults, I think it's a good book to read just to see the perspective of someone else's life, um, which I think is such a really healthy thing for us to do. Um, so going... You know, going on, I, it's so bizarre to me, uh, and I say bizarre, maybe fascinating, and it's just something I think about all the time, it's about these, I perceive myself as someone that has a very bustling life that does not involve my horse habit at all, and also a very bustling life and goals within the barn. And I kind of bounce back and forth and try to keep them even. I feel like I have these huge goals as a rider and huge goals outside of the barn. But I also do feel, you know, and I mentioned those the adult amateurs that I, I want to be, um, that I judge growing up. There's a piece of me now that is like, Okay, as I'm coming to the barn, you know, and I don't think anyone at the barn is judging me like that because I, this entire summer, I rode with one of my boots duct tape and probably could not even afford duct tape. So took duct, I, oh, the barn, duct tape. Guys, I took all your vet wrap and your duct tape to keep my boots together. So no, I don't think that they're judging me in exactly. Exactly the same. No, no, I like love my barn girls. Like, like they come to the barn. But I think as a whole, maybe it's just like how social social media maybe views what I put out sometimes. And I'm like, are that are people considering? Like, I love to dress up and put on makeup 
and get my hair done when I can and wear sparkles and be the most girly, exciting, let's go to brunch and be basic and hold our coffees, order long coffee order kind of gal <laughs> that there is, you know, and oh, oh no, like what if someone's perceiving that I'm not like a real rider because I have these other habits outside of the barn and I can't do that. And whether someone does think that or, or not, it's not my problem. And a lot of it's just being okay with myself, you know, and as much as I'm like worried about, you know, how I'm perceived by other people, what I don't what I want this episode to kind of discuss though, because I, is that I'm still just as bad about judging other writers and other groups of writers that I don't even know. I don't know what goes on. I mean, you know, I'm friends with all the girls at my own barn, but I have, you know, I follow all of you guys on social media. I don't know what you guys do outside of the barn. The upper levels, I mean, I know names of upper level writers. I know them by their position over fences I can see one galloping across country and can I can tell you who it is but I don't know what they do outside of the barn you know and I feel like a lot of us we just see each other in the like at the competitions and have no idea what's going on behind closed doors and how are we to either perceive them as like not real, like not real writers enough for like we have no idea like what their goals are or it does okay I have a point through this um because I'm mad at myself for having this perception about other writers for a long time and I'm trying not to okay I think it's just better if I give you another example um and I feel like I'm calling myself a lot and I'm I do want to if anyone that knew me and I'm not like saying that everything that I thought was wrong like saying I was entitled to the opinions that I had but at first I want to apologize if I if I you ever felt um unappreciated by me at, at the barn <laughs> and forefront I never said anything my mom knows but um my, yeah, my mom taught me better than to interrupt someone and tell them that they're wrong. But I have a face that if I um, don't completely love what you're doing, my face says it. So I don't have to. I think it's a Southern attribute. So I don't think it's just me that I have the ability to like uh, tell you exactly what I'm thinking just with my face and can have a very judgy Okay. So when I was in, uh, so if you already kind of heard like the bio in the first few episodes, so I went to Auburn, took a break um, between my was my junior and senior, between my junior and senior year, I think. No, 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 between my sophomore and junior year, because I came back semester then another year. Yeah, so between my sophomore and junior year, took a break, moved up to area two. Learned so, 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 so much um, and worked with a really amazing trainer. Really had my eyes open to um, a more correct way of riding. And I had my eyes open at a lot of the mistakes that I was making as a rider. 
which I mean, it's been amazing. Cause I feel like I've been able to kind of go on and start these horses. And now, you know, when I'm getting lessons with coaches, I have some kind of background and hopefully can ride better from what I learned there. But of course, when I came back, I had learned all this amazing, I had gained this amazing education and suddenly was back in a lot of barns that didn't have the same education. And what am I going to do? And I'm going to walk up to the working riding coach that's providing for her family and tell her, um, ma'am, you don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm not going to do that. And am I going to like go behind her back and tell all the like little kids that are just learning up down? Um, eventually you should learn how to use the automatic release and not lay in your horse's neck. No, I am not going to do that. My mama taught me better. But there was this entitlement that I felt. And I know it was more prevalent than I thought it was. Like, I thought I hid it well. I would just keep, I rode by myself. I didn't really interact with other girls at the barns that I was at in college. I got, I got a few friends because I, I taught a little. Um, I, I, yeah, taught a good bit. Um and would ride horses for people, but really like didn't know how to interact with, you know, other riding coaches and other riders that, because I felt that I knew more than they did. You know, <laughs> it's not funny. Like as a rider, like I wish now I had not said it. It wasn't, it wasn't about me being wrong. Like I still believe like I teach you a little something, something. But it was the thought of that I was a bit, a little bit better than they were, which is so silly. Okay, if someone's abusing their horse, I think you need to step in and say something for like the sake of animal rights. But that's like saying that someone that drives their car better is better. You know, it's such a frivolous thing to feel entitled about because it's not like I had won any great medals, okay? And even you know, I it it was that selfish entitlement that I think we need to check ourselves on a little bit. Um and I wish now I could go back because I think I could have made a lot more friends um that I actually kept in contact with that I would probably still be friends with. Because I mean, we're still friends on Facebook. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry I wasn't friendly. <laughs> um, and I was unfriendly in the worst way. Because rather than just like coming out and saying what I was thinking, I would just give you judgy looks and get a ride by myself. You know, and I just, you know, we all kind of need to check ourselves there. And it, that can go outside of the barn. And it sounds silly, too, because I think sometimes the most entitled people can actually. So, um, I, and I just want to, I think it's easier to just blame myself because I, it's, it's easier to make fun of myself than I'm not going to like call out anyone else. Um, or like, I feel like I can place myself in groups 
like this, but um, definitely have been more toward like I've had to work and do like more group, like stall cleaning work to um, pursue some of my writing goals. Um, anything from stall cleaning, just anything I can do to make make an extra dollar, I'll do it. Uh, I should write a blog on all the extra ways you can make a little extra cash because I'm doing it, baby. Like, um, gotta pay my horses competition bills. Um, but it's funny that you, because I thought I was the like hardworking one, I was the more judgy one. You know, it's like those adult amateurs that were so nice and would sometimes bring us coffee and cake and let me go to the country club and to the pool all my days off. Like they were way more nice than Judgy Mc Huckle. Huckle still loves me. <laughs> then my stuck up self cleaning stalls. Um you know, so I'm calling you like the you, you working student girls right now, the girls that are work, working hard because I don't feel like anyone wants to call us out because we're working so hard. But check yourself, okay? Um, it's not okay to put yourself above someone else when you have no idea what's going on. It's it's not okay to put yourself above someone else. You know, become, be a little bit more understanding. A little bit more friendly. Hey, Huckle. Like Huckle. He doesn't discriminate. Except against men. People with big feet. And pizza delivery people. Yeah, yeah, you discriminate against <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to take a snug with, my, with Huckle. And maybe take a few more pages out of my book. But just food for thought. Oh, um, I received some questions on Instagram last week, and I want to go over those really quick. So hang on. Hey, guys. Okay, so I told my Instagram followers that I would answer their questions this week on the podcast. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, Feel free to send me questions. I am definitely very unqualified, but here we go. Um, some of them are kind of random, horse-related and non-horse-related. But um, this is a good question. Best advice for someone who wants to get started in the horse show world or just starting lessons? I wrote a really long blog post about this maybe a year ago, and it was just referring to how to find a coach that fits um, what you're looking for. So, and I think this can apply for young riders or adults, and especially the young writer, like have your parents involved. But I mean, researching your local uh, riding instructors, I think if you're already riding um, and have taken some lessons, the best place to like, see the instructors in your area is volunteer at a local horse show or schooling show. One, they're always looking for volunteers, and you don't have to be super savvy. Um, but I think that's a great way to kind of see coaches and riders interacting too. Um, I mean, it, sometimes it blows my mind watching other coaches coach their kids, um, uh, in the show ring so you can know who to stay away from and whose kids are doing well and appropriately mounted. 
So um, I would check that in social media. I don't feel like coaches now update websites. I mean, you can search your area and they may have a website. Um, but especially on Instagram and Facebook, you can search by your area. Like search a hashtag and it will show you like what's trending in your area. Um, that could just name drop. Uh, you know, and ask your fellow writers uh, that you know who they do and don't recommend. And take a lesson. See if it's a good match. And don't be afraid to like, take lessons from multiple coaches over a, you know, a period of time and find, find the right match. Um, I would definitely say that uh, some writers do better with other coaches than not. Uh, like I have a def- definitely a type of personality of a coach that I like working with. Like I like working with these really strong, intimidating female coaches. Uh, and that works really best for me with me. And so that's kind of who I stick with. Um, but someone else could just go and ride with a different coach and have just the same success. So, okay, moving on. Your skin, okay. I never, like high school me would have never thought I would have found these questions. Your thank you, Kate. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, your skin looks amazing. What are you using? So just posted on my Instagram story tonight. So I've just started using a derma roller, which is this rolly ball thing with these little needles. Okay. It's 10 bucks. If you follow me on the like to note page, that might be the best place to find it. Just search derma roller. It's 10 bucks from Target. It's super easy. You can go get it professionally done, but, or you can buy your own derma roller, which the needles like definitely aren't as long as you need. I wish I could show you the image. Um, Google it. 10 bucks. Get one every few weeks. I love the results. I use it with a serum. I use the Mario Badescu vitamin C serum and this, hang on, I like just looked up the name for it because I knew I would mention it. Bear with me. I don't, oh my gosh, I do not want to pronounce this wrong. Valgene, <laughs> Valgene Labs facial serum, it's 15 bucks. Um, it's actually at Urban, Urban Outfitters, but the Mario Badescu and Valgene serum, amazing. I like putting anything with like vitamin C, um, grapefruit extract. It's been amazing. Um, okay, I had one more. And this is it's so funny what I got this week. Oh, I got a few, few more. Okay, what did you... Oh my gosh. Um, where did you get your cute spotted scrunchie? I told you, I would read these out. Um, so animal print is in right now, guys. Animal print, snakeskin, in. Um, I got my snakeskin scrunchie from... A boutique in Atlanta, but I share I linked it on the Like to Know It app. So follow Claire Gumby on the Like to Know It app. Shared all my scrunchies. And last, this was just a comment because I was inquiring about getting a new phone. And someone encouraged me to get the new iPhone 11 Pro. They got the Max, but I got the smaller version. Totally don't regret it. I think it was amazing. I ended up not changing my current cell phone pro- provider. She says she switched to Sprint. And paid nothing up front for the phone. And is now paying $15 a month. So there you go. Um, so thank you guys for those questions. I will give my unqualified opinion to any of your inquiries. Just send them um, on Facebook at Claire Comby or my Instagram. Just the same. So you guys have a good night. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I want to thank one of my amazing sponsors, Pureform Equine, which creates chock full of chia. You 
seeing me brag about this brand on Instagram, Facebook, social media. Um, you'll see me at horse shows. It is one of my favorite nutritional biscuits that I feed my horses. You can check them out at pureformequine.com. And now on Instagram, you can follow them at pureformequine as well. They, um, 